Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is Sydney Sarah and welcome to Sydney's Prophetic Podcast where I speak into your life and minister to you prophetically. Have Happy Monday and I hope you've had a great Father's Day weekend. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers and all the father figures that are in your life. And if you probably don't have the best relationship with your father, celebrate your heavenly father. For filling in all the voids and all the gaps in your life where your father should have been, weren't the greatest in. But this is why we have the per- we have the heavenly father and the perfect father. Speaking of fathers, that's what we're going to talk about today. God as our father. Let's pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, you speak through me as I touch on fathers and uh, daddy issues and things of that nature have your holy spirit guide me to touch on those sensitive topics and to go in depth properly on those topics in the name of jesus um, i decrease as you increase in jesus name amen so this is going to be a bit different because this may get really emotional um Kind of for me, because this is what, besides rejection, this is like another major issue that I've dealt with personally in my life and I know all about. And um, really, I'm in a way giving a testimony of how God has stepped into my life as a father. So let's just get started. So I had daddy issues because my dad who actually just passed away um in April like this the April of this year April 2020 it was the day after Passover so um when he passed and I found out it was the month after I decided to cut communication with him because okay so he was a very, I'm going to start off with this. He was a very tormented soul. He was very depressed. He was very, very just, he was, um, he had, he dealt with a lot of self-hatred. I know that he dealt with a lot of self-hatred and he himself dealt with rejection, <laughs> ironically from his father. So he never really knew or built a relationship with his father like I did with him. And that is the blessing out of this because like I'm I'm black. I'm an African American woman and I know my father. Why do I say that? It's because many black children in the black community either don't know their father, never met their father, or just don't have a relationship with their father. And that seems to be like the norm. Like it's it's fatherlessness in the black community is it it really needs to be eradicated but and that's a different podcast for a different day um but yeah I he was just very you know a difficult person honestly because you know the phrase hurt people hurt people so so he dealt with you know his own issues with how he viewed himself um like I said, he was tormented. He was depressed. And you can, and I'm saying this because it's not even a thing of that he told me this. 
it was I saw in how he treated himself. Um, back in the '90s and around the time you know I was born, and my mom and dad got together. Um, they met at uh, Wayne State, where <laughs> my alma mater is. I graduated from, and in the '90s, like looking at pictures of him, he was very, very slim, just very healthy looking, you know, back then. And then up until he died, the last time I saw him face to face was when I graduated from college last year. I invited him to my graduation and I didn't think that would be the last time I would see him. But the last time I saw him, he was very, very obese. Um, He was not well at all. Um, his neck, like he had a lot of fluid in his neck and his neck was swollen and it always concerned me because I'm like, how are you able to, I'll always look at him and be like, how are you able to go to sleep at night? Like you have got to be uncomfortable. He was in and out of the hospital for about like a good few years up until he died, like about for he would say two to three years because I asked him, I'm like, how many times have you been in the hospital in the last? Well, as of recently, something like that, I asked him and he was he said, you know, for two, to three years, he was just in and out the hospital and almost died at one point, too, before he pa- he passed away of a heart attack. For those who are wondering, um, it wasn't anything cor- uh, coronavirus, COVID-19 related. Nope. It was just a heart attack. And I believe it was just stress that he put himself, especially emotional stress that he put on himself, on his own body. And therefore, it's just like it it, it got to the point where I had no choice but to shut down. Um, So I that's, you know, who he was. He was a man of God. He did go to church. He did. He he believes in Jesus. So I know he's. In heaven now, he doesn't have to deal with that body anymore. He has a glorified body. Praise God. I, I really am happy for him regarding that. But um, here's where the rift was in our relationship. So I'm going to be real with y'all. He was narcissistic. He was manipulative. Um, He was affectionate. And um, he did, you know... He did communicate with me, but it was like, how do I say it? It was just like any time that, well, narcissistic people, they don't put, they don't have accountability for themselves and their actions. It's everybody else's fault and they're right all the time. And that's not fair. That's not right. And that's not true straight up. So And in a relationship, in any relationship, in any friendship, in any parent-child, I mean, this is even like with business contracts and business partners, accountability is one of the basics in a relationship, in a connection. And I was maturing, changing. I had now, I'm going to be real with myself too. I had my bouts of hurt, pain, grudges, unforgiveness, anger, Toward hard heartedness, oh for sure. Um, I even felt indifferent at one point because I just I was really just fed up of his actions. Um, 
So therefore, I, God has really delivered like the, when the Bible says, I will turn your heart of stone into a heart of flesh. He literally did that with me regarding my dad. Because it was just years of us going back and forth. Like he wanted a relationship with me, but yet he didn't take a, He didn't take responsibility for his own actions and his part of why, you know, I mean, really the family broke up because of his actions. My, my mom divorced him because of his actions. And I won't get too in depth on, on, on this podcast, maybe sometime later in my life, but just know that they divorced sadly because and it, they didn't they really didn't have to but because he didn't look inside himself and corrected himself is why they got divorced and later on down the line our relationship was difficult now up until he died we were civil we were definitely civilized we were before I cut him off we were definitely civilized and we were more respectful towards towards like you know uh 2016, 2017, 2018, we were more, we were getting better with that. But I mean, when I'm talking about like middle school, high school years, well, even a little bit of elementary, um, cause he came back into my life when I was nine years old. It was really out of nowhere, but I was like, okay, but you know, I see my dad. I, I know my dad now. Let's, let's just build a relationship. But I didn't expect all these problems to coming. Um, so, and, and it's interesting. I just now realized from the time I was nine to 19, well, being in my twenties, it's just like a decade's worth of us going back and forth. Um, again, there were, there were times on the phone where he would blow up at me. I kind of blew up at him a few times. Um, and, and then also while I was in high school, um, they, my mom and him were going back and forth in court over him, not, not paying child support. And it was to the point where he had a warrant out for his arrest. I, I know in one podcast, I said he almost had a warrant on it. That's not true. He did have, there's no almost, he did have a warrant out for his arrest for not paying child support. So Yeah. It was just like, you know, and it's a very important lesson. Sometimes in life, there are things that we can't help, like the coronavirus. That was out of our control. Um, sometimes, you know, if you're, if a parent is listening, sometimes with your kids, what happens with your kids is out of your control or what happens with your marriage is out of control or what happens, you know, if you're a student listening, things happen with school, definitely out of your control, right? But in life, when it comes down to it and your actions and how your individual life and world is going, only you can be in charge of that and only you can change that. So it's very important to never, ever, 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 ever stand in your own way. Ever. Ever. And he was a story of someone that was constantly stagnant in his life. He was in the same spot in his entire life because he was in his own way. And when you are in your own way and you are constantly trying to run away, overlook, dodge that fact, then your life is going to be stagnant. The only way you change your life is if you do something different. 
The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over and over and over again, expecting a different result. So if I hear at some point that he he went insane for a, a bit, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised because it's like the difficulty, the rift in our relationship was, again, he wanted a relationship with me and he wanted to be close to me. But when it came down to it and him needing to change, he wasn't doing that. And that's not fair, you know, in relationships you submit to it's not just in marriage in a way you submit to one another and what i mean by that is well submission is you want someone else's will over yours right so when we submit to god we so and, and it's a thing of it's not a thing of force it's out of love it's out of desire it's out of you loving that person you wanting that person so when we submit to God, it's like, okay, my will is, this is a real example. <laughs> my will is that I get a new car, I get a new Audi, and I'm able to get it tomorrow. Like, I'll go to an Audi uh, dealership and be able to purchase that bad boy tomorrow. While God's will is like, you know, maybe, I, you know, it's not saying that I won't get it, but just not right now. Right. So his will is like, uh, I don't want you to get that car right now, though. Not not at this very moment. <laughs> right. But I'm just like, I ready to go to an Audi dealership tomorrow. And it's like, eh, pump your brakes. You know what I'm saying? So that's his will. Or like a biblical. There you go. A biblical example. Thank you, Holy Spirit. When Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane, sweating blood. And he was like, Father, if this if this is your will, if it be your will, take this cup away from me. But, you know, otherwise, not my will, but thy will be done. And God on the cross. So Jesus <laughs> did not want to die on the cross. I mean, he got the, the way he got beat, crucified and whatnot. That's not I mean, who would just automatically? Like, yeah, I'm going to just get crucified today. No. You know, that's not a hunky dory thing to sign up for. So, yeah, but that's that's an example of submission. Jesus submitted to God's will. We submit out of love. We submit because he he chose God's will. He 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 chose in his in his heart, no matter how terrified and anxious he was. He's but he still decided is a decision as well. Um, love is a choice. So he decided to die for us. He decided to go on the cross and die for our sins. So, yeah. Um, so submission in relationships is when, you know, I don't like a certain habit that you do. Like a lot of people don't like this habit of smacking while eating and the, and the, the lip smacking while you're eating. So, I would, let's say my boyfriend did, I'm, I'm single right now. <laughs> let's say my boyfriend, hypothetically speaking, did that. And I would be like, um, Hey babe, you tend to smack when you eat. Can you like watch that? And he'll be like, you know, Oh my bad, my bad. And he'll stop. He just submitted to me. Right. Or me submitting to him is like when, um, Let's say I 
Let's say when we go out to eat and let me see. I pick, I, I'm on my phone. There we go. Let's say when we're going out to eat, um, I'm on my phone and not engaging in a conversation with him and in our time at the restaurant. And he'll be like, Hey babe, you know, we're at this restaurant and I want to spend some time with you. Do you mind putting the phone down? And I'll be like, you know, and I would, I would feel terrible. This, this is probably most likely to happen depending on what I'm doing, but I would feel terrible and be like, Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. And put my phone in my purse. Done deal. So I just submitted to him, you know, he just, the first example, he just submitted to me. That's what is supposed to happen. That is what's supposed to happen, especially in marriage as the Bible, you know, emphasizes. So long story short, like I said, this happens in not just romantic relationships, but in friendships, business contracts, you know, a co-worker, uh, not co-worker, employee to employer relationships. I mean, come on, you know, accountability is necessary, but because that was a humongous missing piece between me and my dad in our relationship that, I mean, it just, it was not going to work. And we were still just going around the same mountain over and over and over again. So I was praying about it before I cut communications with him and just decided to love him from a distance um, early this year. Um, and, and, and it got down to a point where, you know, I was willing to change, I mean, stuff in my life radically. And I still am like 2020 has been crazy, but it has made me, uh, change some stuff in a major way so that my life can change. And I won't be going around this, my same mountains in myself as well, but me, having to put up that boundary with him was one of those things. And I, I kept going over and it was so crazy how like in a way how prophetic this is. Cause I was just like, okay, if I cut communications with him and he died tomorrow, you know, how would I feel? And I really took my time with this. Cause if this was a haphazard decision, it would automatically show that I still had some unforgiveness. I still had a grudge towards him and I, or against him and, um, and I still had some, some hard heartedness against him if I was so quick to cut him off. But because I was being more patient and I was being more loving, more gracious, I forgave him a whole lot. Um, I was getting mature. So, um, especially in my maturity levels, it was just like, okay, is this a good decision? Is this a sound decision? And speaking of submission, I'm like, God, I'm willing to submit to whatever you have me to do in this relationship, whether I need to still keep talking to him and still keep loving on him, even though it may be uncomfortable and I may not want to, but you know, cause loving difficult people is a thing, but I was like, God, whatever, whatever you want to do whatever the assignment is for me in this relationship, you know, show me. But y'all, it was clear as day that you, there are times where you, people are in your life for a season and there is a reason. <laughs> I'm going to say that one more time. 
People are in your life for a season and there is a reason. I, you know, the Lord just only gave me the solution of put up the boundary. And I, and I fervently, fervently sought his will on it because I did not want to put up a boundary where there they, they really didn't need to be. And it came out of my flesh. That was the last thing, the last thing I wanted to do. So after I did that, it was, it was very money. And of course he didn't like it. Um, he tried to guilt trip me with, you know, RIP Kobe, but he tried to guilt trip me with Kobe and his daughter, Gianna, who sadly, um, died in that helicopter crash in January of this year. He, he, he brought that up constantly to try to guilt trip me and it just wasn't working. <laughs> it just wasn't working. So I was like, okay. Um, but I still, I still have to cut, cut ties with you because we keep going around the same mountain of your lack of accountability and, you know, this, this is just not going to work. I refuse to stay stagnant. I refuse to stay the same. He was, and I wasn't. So there's that. And then, um, this happened in March of this year and he passed away. Like I said earlier in the podcast in April. So it was a very sound decision for me. It was one of the, it was the most, not even one of the most, it was the most sound decision I've ever made because I, I prayed about this for, I mean, two, two weeks. Yeah. For two weeks before he passed away that next month, I, I made sure I made sure this was God's will. I made sure that he allowed me to do it. I made sure there wasn't anything that God wanted to do through the relationship I just, I, and, and then next, you know, that him passing away was confirmation of that because it was like, he wasn't, he wasn't willing to change, you know? And when the Bible tells you that, you know, old things have passed away, behold a new creature. So old things have to die. But if you're going to stay the same, that's another way you'll die too, because you're not growing. Nothing is growing. And when nothing is growing, guess what? It's decaying. And sadly, that's what happened. Sadly, that's what happened. And I can literally say he was, his body may not have been decaying, but it was dying because of the stress that he put on himself so much. And, and I don't care what nobody says, like your emotions and how balanced or imbalanced you are manifests in your health. Stress is one of them. When you're stressed and have anxiety about a thing, you can either gain a whole lot of weight or lose a whole lot of weight. And either way, you'll look unhealthy. Either way, you won't look so good. So yeah. Um, but that's the story of me and my father's relationship. And um, yeah, it was just, and when he died, um, I had sadly, uh, I'll say it was sadly, um, in, in a way, but I was okay with it. Um, because of COVID-19, 
I I had to go to the funeral and sign for him to get cremated because we didn't even there was no viewing of the body. There was we I mean, um, that side of my family is planning to do a memorial as of uh, right now. But when the when the quarantine lifts and stuff, but I didn't see his body. I did not see anything. It, I just saw papers. I had to sign for him to get cremated at the funeral home. But I was okay with it because it was like, I saw what he looked like anyway. The last time I saw him was at my college graduation. And if he looked worse from there, I probably didn't need to see it. But, you know, the good, the great part about it for me and my emotions is that I don't have any regrets. I have none. I have no regrets regarding me and him. Mainly because I did my part in the relationship. If I wasn't willing to change and, and glory be to God and God alone that I forgave him, period. I mean, not even just like completely forgiven him. Cause I'm bet, you know, there's still some parts in me that still needs for, uh, to work on forgiving him. But all in all, just me even forgiving him, period. Because there was a point in my life where I told him, I don't love you. You know, I don't want to speak to you ever again. I'm hurt. I'm mad. You know, forget you. It wasn't that word, but you know what I'm saying? It wasn't forget you that I felt. But there was a point in my life where I was just simply tired and I was fed up. In a way, I was still fed up when he died. But I was. there were times in my life where, you know, and this is just a thing of not being immature, but immaturity in your soul. Because forgiveness is a mature thing. And I was lacking maturity in the, in that aspect, not being immature, but having immaturity, not growing in the, in terms of forgiveness. So yeah, therefore, I mean, like I said, there was a point where I felt indifferent about him, didn't care if he died, et cetera, et cetera. Now, if I felt that way, literally this year, like, cause he died, like he literally passed away in April, then that would be a major issue for me to deal with and to go and and have God heal me from. But now, because I've grown, I've matured, I've, um, you know, have, I, I was praying for him before he died, especially before he died. Um, now I'm just praying for the side of that, that side of the family, but you know, I was praying for, I was interceding for his healing. I, and honestly, if it, if, if you asked me and had it my way, had it been my way that he would, you know, have, a he would take accountability for his actions and then lose weight. Um, he had to do, he had to lose a, a specific amount of weight to get uh, another surgery, um, regarding the fluid in his neck that I mentioned earlier. Um, he would lose weight. He would eat healthier. Just he would turn his whole life around. Had it been my way, but you know, that's not how God saw fit for things to go, and it is what it is. But yeah, um, I just simply am now taking. I'm taking notes and learning from his life. In you know, applying it to mind of not being in my own way, t- 
take responsibility for your actions and, you know, really cherish for your relationships and listen to the other person. With my dad, I constantly didn't feel heard. I didn't feel listened to. My feelings didn't feel heard by him because, I mean, frankly, he was only concerned about how he felt. And it was constantly deflecting. And that's not right either. It's not right to deflect. You had to listen. The Bible says be slow to speak, slow to wrath, quick to listen. So, yeah. But where my uh, Heavenly Father came in, where God stepped in, was when I rededicated my life to him in 2017 I've mentioned in earlier episodes about the breakup that I had with my ex in 2017 and how that just like derailed me into depression. And um, basically when I got to the lit youth ministry that I mentioned before, um, I was I was I remember I was crying and I felt like this naked feeling but I knew I had clothes on (laughs) and it just felt like I was like why do I feel so naked but now uh I what from what I've gathered the information that I've gathered that's what happens when you're in the presence of God because God just God sees right through us (laughs) there ain't nothing that we can hide from him so he knows everything so when I felt that um I, I heard it, it was like, I heard this, but I saw it in like, I don't know, in my mind, I saw this like in the, in the atmosphere and it said, I may be the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, but I'm not too big to be your father. That's what the Lord told me. And then from this point on, it's just been me and him. Uh, very, my relationship with God has came, has came a long way. Oh, it has came a long way from the time I grew up in church when I was little to now it has came a long way. Oh my Lord. But I praise God for filling in those blanks, filling in the voice where I needed my dad to fill. Cause I just wanted my dad to be a dad. Like I remember just thinking um, at times where I was depressed, like, why is my dad just acting up like this? Like, why can't he just be normal? Why can't he be the dad that I need him to be? But through forgiveness, you see why hurt people hurt people because he was rejected. He didn't know, frankly, how to be a father. And then on top of that, you know, again, him being selfish in his ways, it just didn't, it was not going to work. But, you know, I, the more I've grown in forgiveness, the more I really started to feel bad for him because it was like, one thing was that he dealt with rejection too and fatherlessness and, or like his, he had daddy issues and, Secondly, it's like he did not get a revelation on how much God loved him because he was constantly looking for love, seeking love. He is like he knew he needed love and he was looking for it, but it was like in ways he wasn't real with himself about it. And, and, you know, and, (laughs) and he tried to get it from me, but 
the way he treated me. And like I told y'all, like it was a point where I told him I don't love you. And I'm pretty sure that crushed him. But I mean, thank the Lord before he passed. I do like I do love him. I still do love him. I still do love him. But there was a time where I didn't at all. And he was constantly looking for that love, for that specific attention that really only got. He was looking for someone, a human being to fill a God sized void. That's what he was looking for. And the more I see it that, the more I'm able to let go of the grudges and let go of any hard-heartedness that still may be on the inside of me because I see how that correlates and parallels to my life. How my relationships with men, I was looking for a man, a human being, to fill a God-sized void. Um, And that was in particularly with having a dad, daddy issues, identity worth, um, things of that nature. So in conclusion, cause I'm about to wrap this up in conclusion, seek God, seek your heavenly father as your father. The Bible calls him a perfect father. He is the King of Kings. He is the Lord of Lords, but he is not too big to be your father. He wants you to be close to him. He wants to be close to you and he does not need you to be perfect. He needs you to be just real, honest, truthful. We we can be ourselves with our Heavenly Father. And that's such a beautiful revelation that I've gotten as of lately because of me getting delivered from legalism and self-righteousness and works-based salvation. The process that, this is what I've learned lately, the process of sanctification that God does in us from justification, which is the scripture, basically Ephesians 2, 8, ye are saved by grace through faith. So when it came, when it, when it starts from justification and it won't stop until either the day we die or when we see Jesus come back, which is glorification. Um, so the process of sanctification is you and God work together. Don't get me wrong, but we ultimately depend on the Holy Spirit on the inside of us to sanctify us. And sanctify means to set apart or to make holy. And only God who's holy can make us holy. <laughs> only God who's holy can give us the Holy Spirit. Or some people say the Holy Ghost. So um, let your father in. Because he says in Revelation, behold, I stand at the door and knock. Let him in. Let him in. And this is a very good segue for an altar, a, a virtual altar call. Let him in. Let him, when he takes over your life, let him take over and see how the things in your life that were dead start to blossom, start to be restored, start to be resurrected, rejuvenated. Let him take over and and create and, and have you become a new creature. Ephesians 2.10 in the NLT, which I got my tattoo based off of. For we are God's masterpiece created anew in Christ Jesus to do the good works he planned for us long ago. Become a new creature in him. You know, get delivered 
from the, the Bible says we are in this world, but not of it and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Re, huh, renew. Become new. Become all that God has made you to be. Don't become what the world has told you that you need to be, what you have to be, what your friends told you you have to be. Because I'm learning more and more of how trash that really is. Just being honest. So come out of the kingdom of darkness and come into the kingdom of light. See how God made you to be so that your life can change. You can be fulfilled and you no longer are stagnant or Getting in your own way. Yes, God is Lord. Yes, Jesus is Lord. But Jesus is also our Heavenly Father. Full of grace and truth. Full and ready to give us His agape love. The word I just said is A-G-A-P-E. Look it up. I'm not going to define it in here. Look it up. Agape love. A-G-A-P-E. Love. It sounds so beautifully African to me, (laughs) but let him in. And if you have not let him in yet and you want him to, you want him, you want, uh, to let God into your heart, let Jesus become the Lord and savior of your life. Repeat this after me, Lord God, I repent. I believe in the son you sent. He died on the cross just for me, to heaven I'll go, to heaven I'll be. You're now saved. Oh my gosh. Woo. You're in the family and the body of Christ. And I'm your sister in Christ. Amen. Hallelujah for that. Now, I implore you to go find yourself a church <laughs> where they properly teach you the word of God. And I invite you to go to a church with me, All Nations Worship Assembly, located in Chicago, Illinois. Um, the website for their church is allnationswa.com, allnationswa.com. Um, and join the Facebook group if you can. I love you and let's go over some stuff if you want to follow me on twitter follow me on twitter at sydney podcast capital s-i-d-n-i capital p-o-d-c-a-s-t again it's capital s-i-d-n-i capital p-o-d-c-a-s-t um if you want to sow into this ministry just for one time uh you can sow into my cash app my cash tag is dollar sign capital S lowercase I D N I capital G again is capital S dollar sign capital S lowercase I D N I capital G. If you want to sew in monthly, you can go to anchor.fm backslash uh, Sydney dash PP and click the support button where you can sew monthly for a dollar, five dollars, or ten dollars. Again, that's A N C H O R dot F M slash S I D N I dash P P. Click the support button and so monthly if you'd like for a dollar, five dollars, or ten dollars. Um, follow me on Facebook as Sydney's Prophetic Podcast. That and my Twitter is where I'll give my announcements, my updates, my special guest announcements, special events, things of that nature. 
And um, I think that's it. And, you know, oh, if you want to send me an encouraging message or a constructive criticism about my podcast, I don't think I've mentioned this in a minute. Um, go to that anchor link that I said, anchor.fm slash Sydney dash PP. Click message. You can send me a voice message of encouragement or and or some things that I could tweak and do better in my podcast. I want to make this the best podcast I can for the Lord and my listeners. I love you. Have a great, fantastic rest of your day and week. Bye bye.